All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast, with your host, Terry Nasty Sotomayor and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer Riley Cocaine as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. This week's guest, retired NHL veteran enforcer, TV personality for the Columbus Blue Jackets and one of the last gladiators, Jody Shelley. Time to face off. Welcome back to Nasty Knuckles. What's happening, Nast? What's up, Rigorelia? What are you doing besides just hanging on? <laughs> just <laughs> by threads, staying awake this late. Barely keeping. keeping. Me, keep it, you're keeping me up. I got the king down here laying <laughs> under the desk because Uncle Riley was snoozing. Dude, I am way past my bedtime. <laughs> Ready, you are. You are. Ready to shut totally. this thing down. You keep me up with you your are. antics. Oh my God. I'll tell you what's keeping me up is looking at this bobblehead. It just oh, came Look at that thing. Look at this guy. I listen, do I look that blind with my glasses? Those are some I thick love it. frames, dude. Hey. That listen, neck is looking a little unstable. Hey, that's because I'm checking out the stuff going on around oh, me. Oh, yeah. Woo, look at her. Clay? Ooh, we got look there? at her. Yeah, look at right. her. I don't know how my buddy Sal Scotto made it for me. And I that is beautiful. my other buddy. It's a work Andy of art. Matola, Mots dropped it off. 
He's got the nasty knuckles hat. Yeah, for those for those that are not watching this, Nasty's got oh, a, sorry, yeah. a, uh, a a clay looking bobblehead that is rocking the Nasty Knuckles jersey, and, and thick this is frame the stand glasses and a puck with rigs on face the bottom. On it. Oh, look at that! But this, that's recent too, because that's what the from the Warriors game that picture right there. I think when, when it I was is. With you. You're right. It well, is. You're right. You don't uh, have because you don't have any black eyes in this one. Yeah. <laughs> you have Rocky Raccoon. And these pucks, they're uh, magnets, so it sits it sits on there. Oh, no way. That's cool. Oh, yeah. So, Sal, man, I appreciate Homemade you, Homemade bobblehead that is uh, looks identical in that. I mean, it kind of does. It built the same way. About, yeah. Same neck, same <laughs> neck size. <laughs> <laughs> the actual hey, at least wobble. he can check everything out, man. Your oh, yeah. head's yeah, on yeah, a swivel, boys. swivel for sure, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, he's more of the east and west instead of the north and south. You know, he's, he's yes, looking, he's, exactly. he's peeking, he's peeking around. Exactly. Oh man, but uh, anyway, big weekend for us coming up. Got a yeah. big uh, game. Yeah, um, big Tilly. The big Tilly. We're playing the tier one team, the Philadelphia Flyers Warriors team. Our good buddies, we're all buddies with them, and uh, we mixed Riley and I. Uh, Men's league team, the Natty Ice, along with another team that I get to play for uh, here and there, the Bauer Brews. So we picked, had to pick up a few bodies to try to keep up with these Warriors guys. And uh, Riles wanted to call out uh, Devin Riccio because I think you guys are going to tilly it up right, <laughs> oh. off the, right off the hop, aren't Center we? Center Ice there, Devin. Let's go, buddy. Woo! Dev, oh, get yeah. ready, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to um, break it in the ice, get ready for the season. Right, yep. got to bring up some hacks to, yeah, man. that kind of grunt work, but should be a lot yeah. of fun. You're like you're like Jackie Moon, you know, like the general manager, coach, <laughs> doing it all, do man. the jerseys, put the teams together. Yeah, man, love it, man. I'm excited about it. I don't think I'm gonna have a, a cage with a bear in it though, like <laughs> no. Jackie Moon. <laughs> Although that was pretty damn fun. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh man. Anyway. Um that is a great movie, by the way. I don't know what just I don't know what made you think of that, but that is a fun. Oh, just because you're putting it you put this whole thing together, man. You're all over it. Pulling pulling the squads together, the jerseys. Should be should be nineteen thou in the building. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Put all this together for a few families that you come check out a bunch of scrubs beating on each other. It's gonna be fun though, man. We oh, yeah. appreciate, I can't wait, man. I appreciate, appreciate our boys uh, yeah. inviting us um, yeah. and having us there, man. It's a, it's an honor again to skate with be a good guys. time. Finally recovered from the ball hockey. This <laughs> will be a good oh, time. And get the pins, it only pins took going. you two weeks. Oh man, <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> don't forget, we have a men's league game after this game. <laughs> oh, so I don't want to hear. Don't even. Go, you're not missing the first three games, bro. <laughs> oh, man, you're, dude, you give me a back to back on ready. Sunday. Hey, I'm giving you back to back, dude. Dude, you got it in you, bro. Yeah, you got right. it in you. See what I can pull off, man. Okay. Good. I'll bring. I'll, anyway, I'll, 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 I'll bring the urban CBD so I can recover in time. <laughs> there Otherwise, you go. <laughs> there you go, man. We could throw you in a little ice bath, and you you'll be good to go, bro. Speaking of recovery, though, we got a few a few of the fly guys banged up, eh? Yeah. So um, a few of the guys there. Uh, not not the start you're looking for, especially uh, you know Hollywood. Kevin Hayes, our buddies out uh, six to eight, it looks like. Um, another issue with, a, I believe, is growing right rigs. 
uh, yeah, or, the, or abdominal, abdominal right? area. Yeah. yeah, abdominal area. Um, and Wade Allison suffered a, a sprained a high ankle sprain, I believe, in that the second uh, game of the, the rookies had, which the Flyers played really well in. Um, yeah. from what I heard, I didn't get to see much of it. I did see some highlights. Tough balance. I saw a little highlight. It was kind of hard to see, but it looked like he was in the corner there and, and yeah. got into some sort of interesting little collision there, but yeah, tough bounce. I, think I was, I, I was worried. Uh, it was a, it was a knee for him cause he's had a couple issues there. Has uh, he, yeah. Knock wood. Uh, they're all behind him now. Let's hope right. knock wood. And then our buddy, big Sam had a, Banged his knee up a little bit. I guess he's having it cleaned out, cleaned up. Um, so, yeah, a little tweaker there. You know, it's probably the necessary evil of uh, dealing with two ACL tears in the last two years, right? You got to, I don't know. I mean, yeah. we, we obviously we we know we uh, sent him a little message there, and he he, he texted back that he, yeah he, tw- he he banged it up, but it wasn't uh, that bad. And that bad in Sam's world right now is a little tweaker, a little scope, get yeah, some, lo- <laughs> some sure loose debris out, and uh, and be back yeah. back uh, good to go in, in in six weeks. You know, so it's one of those things. I've seen this before, and, and, and that type of injury as well as some others. As far as you, you got you got to clean out the shit. You know, that's a lot of scar tissue in there. A lot a lot of a lot of yeah. uh, you know, a lot of healing's been done in the last two years. So um, get get some yeah. out and, and be good to go. So I know it's just a scope. It's not a real legitimate, you know, uh, open surgery. Um, so, right. Uh, wish, uh, wish all those guys the best, you know, it's just yeah, part, part of no the game, kidding, man. man. I mean, Sam's, you know, had a, t- had a tough go, but, uh, I, th- I think this, th- he can, he could wrap his head around the time frame of six weeks versus six versus, months yeah. to, to nine months, you know, one of those types of deals. Yes. So hundred percent. A little bump and in the I road. Guess- little bump in the road. And I guess, uh, you know, with hazy, it's, it's, uh, you know, he's obviously a big part of their team. We don't, sure. that's, no, that's no secret, but I guess if you're going to have something wrong, let's get it out of the way, get it fixed. Yeah. And that way you're not going through the whole season. You know, you're basically gonna, you're going to miss camp. It's basically what you're going to do. And he's a, he's a good enough player, a veteran. And, right. um, who knows, he may come back earlier than he's supposed to, but we'll all, we'll see, but we wish him all luck obviously. And, um, get well soon. Uh, yeah. They'll be missed, but they'll be back. So they'll be back. All right, Nas. Let's jump into episode forty-one with our boy Jody Shelley. Number forty-five, Jody Shelley. Let's do it, baby. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. I'm Riley Cote. I'm Derek Settlemeyer, and this week we're very lucky and fortunate and happy. To have one of our main man, number 45, Jody Shelley. What's up, Shells? How you doing, guys? Great to see you. Nice to see uh, you guys doing well with this podcast. And so thanks for having me on. Oh, man. It's our thanks, pleasure. Man. We appreciate you taking your time out of your busy day to do it, man. <laughs> it's not too busy. I got time for you guys anytime, oh, you know. It's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate man. that. What's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, I'm in uh, just a suburb of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, my wife is from this area. Um, I played here for my first seven years of my career, so now I'm back in the organization. Uh, my son and my daughter are involved in youth sports and school, and uh, just uh, you know, I'm a, a parent. It's been a nice off season, but uh, as you guys know, training camp starting here uh, this week, so just buzzing, getting back, trying to get organized. You guys understand what it's like. You think you got so much time until camp starts <laughs> yeah. and then bang, everything yeah, comes man. at once. So 
I mean, I'm in that right now. So just trying to get organized, get ready for the 14th when the Blue Jackets open. Um, I'm a broadcaster for the team. Uh, so I'm, I'm the in-game analyst with Jeff Rimmer. So, tra- you know, the last couple of years we haven't traveled. Our away right. games, we've gone to Cincinnati and done the games at a studio, the Fox studio oh. there. But now we're getting back on the road. So, you know, everyone enjoys the road. There's some great perks. But it's uh, with the 12 and 11-year-old uh, son and daughter, it's going to be tough to leave and, and, and get back on the road. But I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get geared up for it, I'm sure. Old dog's 12. Owen's 12. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That was, uh, the old dog, man. That I was feel 11 old. years I, ago. I, yeah. I know, man. That's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. Good for him, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I got a question uh, right off the hop about yeah. uh, uh, you guys in Columbus. Um, a lot of moves, uh, some at the deadline, some uh, obviously this summer, uh, big one being Atkinson for, for Jakey. Um, do you think uh, maybe it's a rebuild there? Or I don't know enough. I can't act like I know enough about the team like you do. But you lost yeah. Jones, Jones as well. Um, is that their mentality right now? Or, or, uh, what, what do you think? You, you know, you're the insider, you're the guy. Well, I don't know if I'm an insider, but I'll tell you what <laughs> I think, you know, right away when those things happen. So like, if you go back to training camp last year, Pierre-Luc Dubois signs a contract, but immediately you hear that he wants out Columbus. So that thing gets turned up and churned up pretty good. He gets sent to Winnipeg and, and, you know, back comes Patrick Line, one of, you know, really a star shooter, a 23-year-old guy. He had 41 goals his first year in the National Hockey League. And he doesn't really settle in and, and find his game all season long. Almost daily, you were waiting for more from him. Um, then you'd see guys at the deadline like Felino, who's been here forever as the captain. David yeah. Savard is one of those guys that you guys know, and Riley for sure, those guys that do things, the dirty work that as a defenseman, takes up a lot of space, eats a lot of minutes, and, and just is hard to play against. Well, David Savard gets traded to Tampa and wins the Stanley Cup. Uh, then in the offseason, you're right, in draft day, Seth Jones signs that contract after he gets traded, and the Blue Jackets pick up Boquist in a first-round pick. The first-round pick, they get Sillinger, who played for the Flyers. You probably had him there, Nasty. And then he ha- and then um, his son, I mean. And then we, uh, you know, Cam Atkinson uh, comes this way, or goes that way, and Jake Voracek, comes this way and Atkinson, a fan favorite guy who's got you know, a great business here in Columbus uh, with youth hockey. He's got a little rink that he's developed a lot of kids out of. Um, people thought he'd be a lifer, but it screams rebuild, right? All those moves. You're looking at eight or nine really solid guys that were brought in here. I didn't even mention Josh Anderson, yeah. but when you look at the pieces they have, they're way ahead of a rebuild. They, you know, you know, Domi, Line A, and then you pick up Corrali. Um, you've got some good pieces in Zach Wierenski, who just signed a long-term deal. Their right. goalie, Elvis, just signed a long-term deal. So they've got good goaltending. They've got a superstar in defense who's, who wants to be the number one. And with Jones, I don't think he was. Um, but I was with you. I was in the same boat when I saw Jones got leave. I was really kind of like, okay, this is going to be a few years away. But this team has always done really well as the underdog, and it's been that way. I mean, Torts isn't here anymore, uh, but he loved that that role of, of no one give them any giving them any respect. And I feel like, and I've just talked to some of the players. You got Voracek, who's as you guys know, he's a no nonsense guy on the ice. To me, he's a guy who's uh, very competitive and demands so much of himself and his teammates. Likes to have a good time off the ice, which I think is so valuable. But he's also a guy who understands his role in the locker room and. 
you know, he's not here for a rebuild. He's here to help lead and, and help this new brand of, of uh, Blue Jackets come through. So they picked up good draft picks, but they've got awesome veterans. Jack Roslovic, uh, he's a rising star. And then Boone Jenner is one of the guys. I mean, if yeah. you guys you guys don't know him, but he's he's one of the guys you would just stay in the locker room and hang out with. He includes everyone and everything he does. So a lot of good pieces. So that's a long-winded answer to tell you that I wouldn't call it a rebuild. They're going. To, they're calling it a bit of a reset, so a retool on the fly. Um, and I think they're really excited about. You know, there's not a lot of expectations, but the, the players want to win. And and you know, guys like Gus Nyquist, who was injured last year, good players to have around. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's a good, good answer. Yeah, really <laughs> that's a really good, good answer. Honestly. Really good insight. I'm I'm interested to see how it works out as well because they they like you mentioned they did add some pretty interesting pieces and I'm probably most interested in seeing how Jake responds, you know, having a little, uh, a little more spirit injected back into him and going back to an organization he was, he was drafted into and, you know, having a, say a, a fresher start. I think he was, uh, uh, his time was up in Philly. He just needed to go somewhere else. So, you know, again, he's great in the locker room. You know, it's always about that chemistry off the ice uh, as well as on the ice. But I think they have those pieces that right out of the gate, it's not a total rebuild that, I like the I like the word reset. <laughs> I never really heard it like, yeah. <laughs> described like that, but yeah, I mean that's kind of what it is, right? Yeah, and it was their word early last year, and and you know you kind of think yeah, right. You, you know you're trying to say reset, but is it really a reset? And and you know they were proactive. They weren't a team that sat and looked at everybody walk out the door. They were kind of like, you know what, we're going forward. Zach Rents, you want to be here for the next seven years? We're going to give you a nice big contract, and you're the centerpiece of what we're doing. Elvis Merzlikens, you want to be here? Let's do it. So it's kind of, you know, changing the dialogue here. And I think that that's creating more excitement. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Good position to that's be fun. in. Like I say, no expectations. And, you know, to me, they'll probably yeah, yeah. overachieve based on what you're they will. describing. I think yeah. they will. Yeah. But it must be nice for you. I mean, you've been there for a while. I know you've been, you know, maybe different roles uh, within the, the Columbus Blue Jackets broadcasting um, world. Um, but uh, it's obviously great for you to be back, say, home and call that home for you since you, mm-hmm. you spent a good chunk of your career there and established yourself as a as one of the, arguably one of the toughest dudes to ever play the game. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, love, I love to see what you do because you're very well spoken. You know the game, obviously. Yeah. Uh, very well so that it seems to be right in your wheelhouse of of you know, what you do best is is communicate and you know and present your knowledge to the people yeah well well thank you I appreciate that compliment you know I, a lot like you I mean you know I'm not from Columbus I know you're not from Philadelphia and, and uh, it just you know it kind of speaks to you you know and I think early in your career if you can identify with a place like we did um, you know, it means a lot. And, and it's, uh, for us, it's a great place to raise a family. I know it's for you too. And, you know, I do like to talk. <laughs> so <laughs> broadcasting is a good area for me. And, and, uh, when I retired from Philly, I got to Columbus and, and John Davidson, Hall of Fame broadcaster. He was the president here, of the Blue Jackets at the time. He since has gone to New York and now he's back, uh, which is great for the organization. But I went in like every other guy, every other player that retires. I wanted to be in in hockey operations. I wanted to help with the on the ice. I know so much, you know, all the we have all the answers from the back of the bus. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, he looks at me, he says, I got nothing for you, but broadcasting. I'm like, no way. Like, I'm not, you know, it doesn't make any sense. I don't want to put myself out there. You know, I don't want people to tear me apart on Twitter. No, I, I, I just can't do it. So he told me to leave for a couple of weeks, come back and think about it. And he told me the lifestyle. He said, just try it for a year. You'll be amazed. So I did do radio. 
Uh, I've done a lot of digital with the team. And of course, my main thing is on TV as the uh, color analyst. So it's been uh, it's been a dream job. I tell everyone, Riley, a nasty. It's like being a healthy scratch in the National Hockey League. It's if you have no curfew and you don't have to worry about <laughs> your body weight whatsoever. So yeah, right. that's good. like a dream job. <laughs> it's it, a dream is. Job. it is. You get to talk about it. Oh, oh you do a hell of a job. Yeah, you look good on the bench there. Yeah, yeah and, and and even uh, I see it sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if you're doing it again this year, but on the NHL Network, man, I always uh, like seeing you on there. Uh, yeah, well, uh, hell of a job, man. Hell of a job. I appreciate it. Yeah, the people I work with a lot of good people, and you know, when you find your way in this business, you find a lot of people want to help, and that's uh, that's been a nice advantage. And Je- uh, Jeff Rimmer, I, I remember the last time I was at Columbus, I was able to talk to him, and he he actually grabbed me and said, "Hey." I know your old man really well, Sudsy. And I was like, yes, sir. I know who you are. I said, I've, I've been, I'm older than I look. I said, I've been listening to you back from the home team sports days when you're in Washington. He goes, Oh my God. <laughs> but he's, I love that voice of his too. When he's yeah. calling a game, I think I've always, I guess, cause I've always heard it my whole life, but yeah, uh, he's a good veteran. He, he knows how to call a game. And I tell you what, he loves it. I mean, you know, you know, when you're around someone who loves what they do, yeah. Rimmer absolutely loves it. He bounces off the walls until the puck is dropped, and then he just settles right into his call. It's fun to watch. <laughs> That's awesome. Right on. I wanted to talk to you. I mean, we usually work backwards, but uh, you're talking about Columbus and where you started in the whole bit, and um, maybe talk about you know finding your way to that organization because I know it's somewhat of an interesting road. Uh, from what I know, you played in, in the Quebec Major Junior League in Halifax. And I believe you went to Canadian University before you turned yeah. pro. Was that a decision that you made thinking you weren't going to go pro or you didn't really know what you wanted to do? How did that all play out? Uh, that was a strange. I mean, it just kind of it, it, it worked out for me because, you know, you play in the CHL and I was in the Quebec League um, and you get a year paid of Canadian college for every year you play. So uh, my last year, my overage year, I tore my ACL. Uh, there was no pro offers on the table. There was uh, one tryout uh, with Calgary. They, they were kind of interested for me to go to the American League. So now it's April. I tear my ACL. So that summer I rehab and I enroll in, at Dalhousie University in, in the business program there. So, I mean, I could tell you funny story after funny story. I mean, I actually took out a $5,000 credit line and used it as my signing bonus and spent it. I think I spent it in four days down at the bars and in <laughs> and we, I was big wheeling it because what was happening, Riley, was the guys that I fought in junior were playing in the National Hockey League. Peter Worrell, Gordy Dwyer, these guys were, I was in college rehabbing and not allowed to fight. And these guys were, you know, in the National Hockey League. And then I remember calling my mom and I said, Mom, and she's a school teacher, former school teacher. And I said, Mom, I have to, I'm going to leave college and I'm going to try a pro. And once you sign a pro contract, which to me was only a tryout with uh, St. John of the, the Flames organization, your your whole scholarship is gone. All my right. three years were gone out the window. And she was crying. No, don't do it. Don't do it, Jody. And I said, I have to know if I can play one game like these guys are doing. So, you know, fast forward a year and a half later, I'm in the East Coast Hockey League in Johnstown thinking, what have I done? What have I done? I'm in Jingletown, uh, a great city. But, you know, it, it was a long way from the National Hockey League. And, um, you know, eventually, again, expansion was good to me because it meant another American Hockey League team. You know, you were settled in in the, in the Phantoms. They're one of the toughest organizations ever. And uh, 
I, I got to go to Syracuse and be a part of that and then work my way up to the National Hockey League in Columbus. I, I uh, Shells, I remember, I was telling Riley, I remember the first time, <clears throat> I don't think we ever, the Phantoms, we did play St. John uh, Flames, but I don't think I ever saw you there. But I remember, I think it was um, 2000, 2001, uh, we played Syracuse a few times. And I remember seeing you, and I told Riley, I was like, I remember seeing this guy going, oh, my God, who is going to have to talk to this guy? I was like, guys are probably like, fuck. Oh, yeah. yeah a little tight I broke tonight. my arm. Rodney Dangerfield, I broke my arm. You know, but hey. I, just, I couldn't believe how long and big you were. And I'm like, this guy's going to string someone out and just absolutely go bananas on him. Like, what a big man. But uh, If you only knew. I mean, we were all so nervous when we had to get into it. But the worst – Part I remember my pro career vividly going to the to um, the we were at, with, it was training camp American Hockey League and we went in to play the Phantoms and I remember the brass was standing up top watching and I remember looking at the roster of guys that the, I mean I must have been five deep Fedoric <laughs> Cote Bolleris, um McLaren and I swear those guys were fighting each other to fight me and I was like oh this is going to be a long night because <laughs> everyone just wanted to go and show what they could do right yeah right I mean those games must have taken five hours there in Philly it was it was amazing the number of fights yeah I, I was that was one of the things I was going to ask you Sheldon I've asked a lot of guys but like uh as tough as you were like there's always got to be I I wouldn't know because I am not a tough man but uh, yes, you what now. you and Riley do, wait, oh yeah, so tough. What you and Riles did, you know, um, for your teammates, uh, so important. But how hard was it for you napping on a game day? Like we've 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 gone to we talked to Chief about it. He goes, he, Chief actually said to us, "Oh yeah, try taking a nap, knowing you're going to fight Probert." And then Coaster comes over and says, "I'm next." He's like, "Not a chance." I had a wake of sleep, but I just wondered how you know how you handled that part of the game you know knowing maybe you know you're gonna be mixing it up well i dealt with it i i I napped i had no problem napping i slept like a baby if i and i would go three hours hard and i was out and um you know i it was the day before that i would kind of go through my process of kind of like dealing with it i would you know i would I would feel myself getting really anxious. And then I would, you know, I had this mindset of, I, I don't really care. Like, I don't care if I win or lose the fight. That's why I don't think I could have been like the champ, like, like George, the rock, you know what I mean? As we call it, whoever it was, was, you know, to lose a fight would, you know, it would be devastating for him. And I would, you know, when I would fight guys like Bugard, God rest his soul. I mean, yeah. he's bigger, you know, he's stronger. And, and that's probably the mentality Riley had too, because, you know, Riley wasn't the biggest guy, but boy, when you fought him, you knew you were in one. You know what I mean? And and he he liked the long fights, but I, which I hated, and he knew that. I think he always <laughs> always tried to go longer. But anyways, you know, you kind of I dealt with it the night before, and and you know I'd hang out with the teammates. It was always in the back of your mind, you know, because you got to play the system. You know, you mess up on the system on a breakout, you're on the bench the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, you don't know when the other guy wants to fight, so you got that going through your head. You're on a shift, and you know he's on the ice, and you're kind of like, okay, is he coming near me? No. Okay, this is fun. I'll I'll play hockey this shift, and and then you got to you know try to process what where the game is at. Is it smart to fight? Is it about me? Is it about the team? So a lot to, di- to digest. But by by the time game time got there, I, or that afternoon, I was totally relaxed. It, it was weird for me because I I credited to that mindset of 
who cares? You know, whatever happens, happens. And, and that helped me. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot like myself, honestly. Um, I slept like a baby, like during the pregame nap. But the night before, it was when I was like going through the, going through the ringer. I was like, "How is this going to play out?" And you know, think right. about it and this and that. And but I had the kind of the same attitude. It was like you know, like, like when I see when I see you and I, I watch you kind of when I was in, still in juniors and seeing you move up. Like you were just like this, like this gamer, this warrior, this fearless warrior. And I, that, that was kind of like how I approached it. Like I didn't give a shit if I got my ass beat. I just like. I just wanted to show up, you know, and I just wanted to like, you know, and, and, and at least at least put on a show and like, you know what I mean? And get some energy out of it. So I, <laughs> I didn't necessarily really care how it played out, but it was just kind of, you know, going through, you know, going through the motions of how it, how it was going to be engaged in. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I think of you like you, you mean as far as the guys that I fought throughout my career and the guys that I just followed and, and observed like you, you were probably arguably like the, the, the biggest gamer there was. I think when you retired, you had, you know, you, at the time you were, you had like 173 fighting majors or something like that in that time. Yeah. Like there was no other, no other player that outfought you. Um, but you were, you were always, you were always gamer. You were never one of those guys that would just like, you know, ah, not tonight. You know, it's like not tonight, no. you know, maybe, maybe there was those nights, but like, you never seemed like you were that guy to fight yeah. Rob Probert three times in one night. Yeah. And whatever year that was, wow. and, you know, I think maybe George the Rock too. I think you might have fought him three times or maybe twice, but um, you know, like there was no, there was no off nights for you, which I respect because it's easy to 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 play that card. And I see, so, you know, I saw so many guys do that as you got as they got yeah. older. Well, you know, I had to, uh, in the opposite words of Mike Rupp, I had to stay relevant. You know what I mean? You have yeah. to stay. Yeah. You have to stay busy. And I would go three games sometimes without a fight. And then I'd be like, well, you know what I mean? I, I got to keep doing what I'm doing. And for me, we were losing in Columbus a lot. I understood the value of, you know, a Saturday night being down to nothing at home. You know, you want to get everyone going. You want to get fired up. It was just kind of a, a, an uneasy feeling when, when I didn't fight. And now that I see how fighting has evolved, you know, if I had the option of not fighting, and I'm sure you would have too, not fighting and evolving into a third liner yeah. or, or a second liner, I would have said, "See it, fighting." You know what I mean? <laughs> I, said, yeah. I look at guys like I look at guys like Wayne Simmons and Tom Wilson, and you know they got themselves out of that kind of that mold and, and really took their game to that level. And, and where we, um, you know, we had to keep fighting each other to make sure that you know this was still happening. It was kind of like the Broad Street Bullies when they got tough. Everyone had to respond and get tough. When we had tough guys on teams, if you sat on the bench and I sat on the bench and we just tried to play hockey, well, we're just kind of like, well, you know, after we do that against each other for 10 games, we're like, well, we'll just put someone else in here to do this. You know what I mean? So I kind of felt like we had to stay on top of it. And, and that's really what helped our existence a little longer. That, that's That's the way I see how it's evolved a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we were still we were, we were still playing in that era where teams carried, you know, two or three guys. Oh, yeah. Now it's like, yeah. you know, like if a team carries a guy, he he wouldn't be like, you know, like the, the super heavyweight almost. There maybe there's a couple right. guys floating around like that, but yeah, it, it's evolved so much. I would have loved to have, you know, John Stevens or Hitch or, or Lavi be like, "Just go play tonight, you know? Just go and play, you know, work the system." <laughs> you know? That wasn't yeah. in your mindset, bro. Not yeah. that they were telling me to fight, but it was just like I, it was just the way I, you know, approached the game. I just assumed I had to fight and 
if I had someone in my ear saying, you know, maybe actually focus on being a hockey player, maybe I might have, you know, transitioned my, my thinking a little bit, but that's nor here nor there. I mean, we were still in that era of that's right. Absolute chaos. There was, especially was the minor chaos. leagues moving up. It was, it was, it was chaos, man. There was, there was no nights off, nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide. And, and, and it, still, if the coach would have even told you that, you would have been like, okay, and you would have been in a fight your first shift. I mean, that's just the mentality. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, Shell's chief, chief, chief told me, uh, chief told me a story. It was way, he told me this way back when, uh, when we first got you, he, he says, uh, Oh, you know, he was like happy, like getting, picking you up. Obviously you signed with the flyers and he goes, he goes, this fucker skates up to me. He goes, I'm playing in Calgary, you know, at the time, I think he said Calgary, he was still in Calgary. And he says, uh, shells lines up and goes, you still fight old man. She's like, <laughs> she's like, she's like, I'm trying not to laugh. Cause I'm like, it's pretty fucking lying. He's like, yep. He goes, I think yeah. I bought shells. Like, Fucking every time we played, he yeah, like, every time leave, we played, leave me to fuck alone. He said, I'm done, man. Well, he goes, see, I didn't want to fight anymore. Well, he used to play for Dave King, who was my coach my first year. And Kinger loved Chief. He just always told me great stories about how he, you know, was had good hands and he was a good, good stand up tough guy and he worked at his game. So every time I saw him, I felt like I had to fight him. Boy, I tell you what, he didn't hold back either. We had some doozies. Yeah. It's just, Punch after punch after punch. What a great guy. Oh, yeah, he's awesome, man. He's, oh, that's funny. He uh, he would always – I've probably said this before too, but it was funny when you were there. He was all wound up in the morning. We used to get there early, go for our run. So to start the morning off, we'd always jump in the, the hot tub to, to loosen up, and then we'd go for a run. And he wouldn't say anything for a couple minutes, you know, just besides, yeah, you know, what's up. And then we'd get in the hot tub, kind of stretching. And he says, and this is chief people that don't know him, don't get it, but you both know him so well. He goes, do you understand? I'm the toughest fucking guy in this building. <laughs> and I'm like sitting in a hot tub and I'm like, yeah, I know, buddy. Like, this is just me and you right now. Yeah. For one. <laughs> you know? And he goes, he goes, oh, you can go tell the old guy upstairs too. Talk about Homer, right? He goes, you can go tell him too. And he goes, Matter of fact, you can tell 45 when he gets here. Oh, nice. And I said, I said, oh, yeah, you want me to tell him you want to talk to him on the ice? He goes, no, not today. Don't do it today. You know, like, it's he funny. Was, yeah, he was just, God, he used to laugh. And he was like, tell you, you don't understand how tough I am. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I get it. You know, and he still does it, but he's, he's yeah, it's great. Around. What a great guy. I'm yeah. glad he was around when I was there as, as an assistant coach. Yeah. You know, just, uh, the way he played the game, he played – what did he play, over 1,100 games? He played a lot of hockey. Oh, yeah. He played 18, 18 And, and you know, years. he played – and everyone he played with, I mean, they just love him because he's no-nonsense. He's a fun guy to be around, yeah. and he's so dry. His humor is so dry. So, <laughs> yeah. he was an <laughs> asset dude. there for the Flyers. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Shells, I got to ask you, uh, you know, leading up to you signing with the Flyers uh, 2009, 2010 – I think it was the last two games of the season that year. You, you scored back two games in a row. I think it landed. Yeah. Maybe that last game against the Flyers even, I think you scored. Yeah. But you were out there. You were out there the last, like, two, three minutes of the game. And that was, like, yeah. you know, for, for the Flyers, you know, for, to, to make the playoffs. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and Well, and them. And, and, and you guys. And yeah, range. exactly. Either, yeah. Either so, one. It was going to be either one. It right? was either one, yeah. And, uh, and it was Torts, right? Torts is the coach? Yeah, Torts I mean, is the coach, yeah. 
I mean, it's t- talk talk about about him and the mentality there. I mean, like no, normally a guy, you know, say our role probably wouldn't be out there the last three minutes of the game when your whole season is dependent on it. But you know, you you know, you do you do certain things that the coach. Um, you know, sees as like you know consistent things within the system and knows what you're going to get. Um, to talk about that and then you know how it, you know, eventually you signed with the Flyers and and how that carried over into that season. He had the hot stick, man. Yeah, the hot well, stick. Well, I'll That's tell you what. One. Hey, it was hot. We've all had the hot stick. How <laughs> much uh, <laughs> I'm still waiting on it. <laughs> yeah. Toby. Now you got it, Toby. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got it now. <laughs> so it's. Uh, it was an interesting time in my career because I was in San Jose, um, one of the best teams I'd been on, probably the best team I'd been on. You know, we were supposed to win the Stanley Cup. The two years I was there, we were loaded. And, you know, the next year, that second year I was there, there it's the Olympic year in 2010. And, um, you know, there's two trade deadlines, one before the Olympic break, one after. So, the one before, I, I know I'm going to get traded. So I'm in San Jose for two weeks. I'm with the team. I'm still around. I'm playing, and I know I'm going to get traded. So, you know, New York steps up, and they make this trade for me before the deadline. So now I go from uh, San Jose to New York City with uh, my wife who's pregnant and my one-year-old son. And, and you know, we're, we're now in Manhattan. And I, so when I thought my career was going to be over. So I had this mentality when I got to New York that I was going to be there for the next 10 weeks and I was going to enjoy every single second. Every second I was there, I would, you know, I would walk to Madison Square Garden on game day with my uh, headphones in uh, and I would just marvel at the city and I'd get there and the guy at the, at the rope would be like, come on in, Mr. Shelley. And I'd be like, this is the coolest thing ever. This is Madison <laughs> yeah. Square Garden. Everything I did, you know, we had great personalities there. Guys like Sean Avery, Marion Gabrick, Chris Drury, uh, Ryan Callahan, John Tortorella was the coach. And, I, you know, Glenn Sather was around. Mark Messier was there for lunch. You know, I, I sat down at, a, at an empty table with Messier one, time, one day for lunch and, and chatted with him for 45 minutes. And it was like, you know, wow. I took advantage of my opportunities. Torts would be in the weight room. Everyone would be there. You know, no one would want to go in there. I'd stroll right in and say, hey, Torts, how you doing? Do my stuff and get out of there. Not to, like, suck up or anything. Just to, like, I had this kind of, you, you hear about it, where you're kind of in the zone or free, free thinking mentality. I had it, and I enjoyed it, and I brought it to the games, and I loved having the Ranger blue on. And, and, and then when I, when I think about that mindset, I think back, I'm like, you know, how do you bottle that up? You really, it's really a... a where I was in my life. I was a little bit older. I I thought I was done and I was just going to enjoy it. Like inside the ropes being done. So torts we're in game 81 and we're at home against the flyers and, and it's, it's a home and home. So it's, you know, if we win, then game 82 is for something. So we win. And I score in that game. I almost scored two. Bush gave me a puck out of the corner. He was in the corner. I was in front with him. He dove across and made the save. I was like, oh, boy, that's I hope that's not the pivotal save in this game that I'm going to be the donkey, you know, not putting it in the empty net. I already had one. But after the game, I knew I was going to score in game 82. I was like, and Torch played me 14 minutes that game. You know, he's so situational. Guys aren't going or he doesn't see them going. He just throws guys out there. And I was playing against Mike Richards and, you know, Jeff Carter, and I was getting under their skin. And it was just kind of like, I don't know. I was just playing hockey. And I wish every player like us, Riley, could experience it because it was it was magical. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, uh, unfortunately for the for the Rangers, 
Uh, we go home after the loss in a shootout. We had Lundquist. You know, we he practices shootouts in, in warm-up. In warm-ups. Yeah. We thought we had this. <laughs> we talked we about that. We got Giroux and Breer, and we got Christensen and, and uh, Ole Okunin and, and old, old Bushy with that little shuffle and took you guys right to the Stanley Cup Finals against the Blackhawks. It was a heck of a year. And, you know, Holmgren and, and my agent had talked, and, and Philly was interested, and, and I was thrilled because that was a team I really liked growing up. And it was just uh, – that's how I got to Philly and that's how it ended that season. And it was just something, one of those mindset things. And it, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's, that's uh, interesting insight. It's called, I guess, flow state, right? You were just like, you were just, yeah, like, exactly. oh, you know, being in the present moment, enjoying it, which is probably a life lesson for everybody. You should be living like that all the time. It's hard right? to get there. You know, it's there. hard to get there. Yeah. But what if you are, but if things do align and you're there and you recognize it and you really don't care, it's uh, not that I didn't care, but, I didn't care about all the outside noise. I cared right. about enjoying it and appreciating it. And that really made me, uh, made things click. Yeah. If, that's if, the mindset. People, I, I was going to say, if you could just do that on a daily basis with life, it would be nice. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have a hard problem doing that. Doing yeah. that. I'm fucking yeah. always worried, but, For sure. uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, shells. I, and that, I don't think we ever talked about that. That's, that's pretty, that's yeah, a great way fun. of going about it. Right. Like, yeah. And oh, you for sure. Enjoy. You sit out 45 minutes with Moose. Messier. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, that'd be sick. Yeah, he's. it was a special conversation. He's. It was really, you know, again, it was an opportunity where I could have just sat at the other table and quietly had my food and left, but I decided, you know what? Take it back. If the opportunity is there, just, just do what you can. And, and yeah. that's how that came out. You know what? You know what's funny about the, the, this this story too is that um, so my year in meetings that year I didn't play a whole lot under Lavi. When Lavi came in, my role pretty much it was non-existent. You warmed up every game. I warmed up every game. Well, yeah, let the yeah, warm up. Nice. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, I was like, my year oh, in is meetings. he going to be in tonight? <laughs> no, no, just getting a little extra work in. Is, is uh, Cote in? Is Cote going to be in? <laughs> hey, Shells, when you were on the other side of it, if you would have seen the seven black coffees he drank and everything yeah. else, in my mind, I thought in. it was in, but he <laughs> pulled me out, pulled me out, put me yeah. on the bike. But my year in meeting was about Jody Shelley, and like my whole yeah, year in meeting was like, oh really? Have you? If did you watch Jody play these last two games? This is how. You need to play, and I'm thinking in my head. I was like, "Well, first of all, I never had 14 minutes in the NHL in my in my, you know, my whole career here." Um, but uh, you know, it, it turns out I landed up re- retiring. But my whole meeting it was funny, you know, because it's like that's this is how you have to play. Uh, I landed I up remember, retiring. I remember you, you up, telling me that. Yeah, and then like I think maybe a couple office. weeks later, you, you <laughs> yeah. signed there. I was like, Jesus! I'm like, this was Riley, all this all by design. This is like <laughs> they wanted me out so bad. <laughs> Riley, Riley actually came down. I remember like him coming to my office, he goes, well, I, I learned I need to be more like Jody Shelley. Because that's basically what he told me. So you hated me. You're like, oh, that guy, what, is, what the heck? He's playing 14 no, minutes. Wow, well, you're out there like, what, two minutes to go in a, in a two-two tie there, and, and you're I out know. there. I was like, geez, I'm like, how do I get that opportunity? I was pretty ironic. You know, you tell the story, and, you know, and then you line up signing there, obviously, because – Lavi was a big fan of yours, and um, right on. He, he really was. Yeah, yeah. no, was. for sure. So um, interesting. How that I, I got up. a, I, I got a question, uh, shelves about uh, co- coaches. Um, first of all, like, uh, who, who's like maybe you don't have to say your favorite coach, but who who do you feel like you you maybe I don't know learned the most, who you enjoyed the most um, out of your career because you had some pretty good coaches that you played for. Yeah, you know, I'd say I learned the most from Dave King. 
he was here just a short time. Um, I had him and Hitch. I was, I was, I was very well coached and, you know, Hitch, you know, towards the end, he was not the biggest fan of mine, which I was okay with, but I was amazed at his game preparation. I was amazed that he put eight things on the board. And if you did what he did, what he said, you'd, you'd have success. But my favorite and the one I enjoyed the most is obviously John Tortorella. I, I mean, I know he's not for everyone, but the way that, um, you know, he, he's he's not a lot of rules and he's not a lot of, uh, you know, clamping down. But when you're there, work hard and get out of there. And I just I found him refreshing, really did. Um, you know, it's uh, he, he was uh, it, it, I mean, for a guy like you, Riley, you would have loved him. Yeah. You would have loved him uh, and what he did. Um, I enjoyed Laviolette. You know, he, he took the team all the way to the finals the year before and his preparation, his passion. Was, I mean, the guys were talking about his motivational speeches, his pregame speeches before I got there. Those yeah. were cool. You know, those were good. I, I enjoyed him. Um, and I had Todd McClellan in San Jose and, you know, he had a great team. So he had spent a lot of time trying to manage guys and, and uh, try to get the most out of superstars who were having success. We were winning every game, but, you know, how do you still coach? So it was fun to watch him and try to be around that and be a, try to help be a leadership, uh, be a part of the leadership too. So uh, it's kind of a, a wishy-washy answer, but my, my number one would be Torts. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I, I've, <clears throat> I've been fortunate enough to work with Torts with USA Hockey. Yeah. And, I mean, what a human being. Like, just a great, great guy, man. Yeah. We, You know, we were at the World Cup. We, I was with him in, at the Olympics in uh, 2010. And he was an assistant to Ron Wilson. Uh, but in uh, 2016 at the World Cup, obviously it did not go well for us. We, we didn't win a game. Um, but I'll tell you what is is it, it killed him inside. Yeah. But every day he made sure he came by and said, hey, Nash, you guys need anything? Um, have a good night. You know, like, and yeah. for a coach in that, you know, situation, you know, all the lights are on you, all the cameras. I mean, just, just a good man. We oh, said yeah. it before, you know, Scott Hartnell talked about him and, yeah. and, uh, and I can't really say anything. Well, I know I can't say anything bad about the man. He's a, he's a incredible human. Yeah. He, no, he takes care of the trainers. Yeah. Really yeah. liked him. There's a lot, yeah. a lot of real positive things said about Torts. I think it's the media that really picks him apart and shows like this. Well, I mean the, the emotional side of Torts, right? I mean, that's all they're picking yeah. Yeah. Uh, and well, and they're making I, it I, seem like it's a negative thing, um, you know. But I, I hear great things about him um, all the yeah. time. So Benny Benny Caballet told me uh, when he left there, well, his last couple of years they were they had fuck you fights every day. Like he's got <laughs> Benny in the office. Benny wasn't happy, you know, with whatever. Torts wasn't happy, and they were literally like fuck you, no fuck you. And he'd walk out, and he he's in Philly, and he goes, he's one of my best friends. He's like, I talk to him all the time. That's great, you know. Like so, it's. You know, like like Shell said, that's the, the part I learned about him. Uh, obviously, not being a player, just being a pigeon equipment guy, but listening <laughs> to him. And all he wants is you to work. Yeah. Like, you know, he wants you to work. And I pretty simple concept, that, right? But I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Not a lot to ask, right? <laughs> yeah. Not a lot to ask. And uh, you got to have, come on, come on, Shells. You got to have a, a hitch story, something good, at least something. We had Mace on Steve Mason last week. Yeah, oh, he did a, you? Yeah, he had a couple good ones, and yeah, I just wonder if you had. I had a, I had a couple, and I only had it for nine to ten games with Riley, <laughs> and there was a couple good ones. But I just wonder if you had anything great. Like I love Hitch. Yeah, he was really he was good to me. He was good to me. 
Well, he, he's, he was great to me too. And, and we just always, you know, Hitch, I remember hearing him talk to our strength coach, uh, Barry Brennan, you know, and, and Hitch was a big golfer. So he would, he would ask Barry, uh, Barry, how many calories do you burn after you hit a thousand golf balls? And Barry's like, what? He's like, oh yeah, it's gotta be a good workout. You know, trying, trying to say that that was an extreme workout. And Barry would say, I don't know, Hitch, probably 200 or 300 calories. No way. And he would sit there and argue with the, the strength coach that he burned more calories hitting a thousand golf balls than, uh, than doing 45 minutes on the elliptical. So oh, man. I, I, I like him. He, you know, he was, yeah, that sounds about right. He, his preparation was second and none. the way yeah. he talks hockey, the way he understands hockey is he's a, uh, he's a good one. Yeah. He, uh, I played uh, golf with him a couple of times. Uh, and the first time I played with him, it was, uh, Homer, Paul Holmgren and Hitch and myself. So Hitch is riding with me. So he hits his tee shot and I'd heard he's a good golfer. Mm-hmm. He hits his tee shot so far left and into the bush. I mean, there, there's no way it was a links course. You're, you're never finding the ball. Right. So I pulled the cart over to the area it was in. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, coach, I'll, I'll help you out here. Hitch. You know, he goes, no, nope, young Derek, just stay right there. I'll, I'll find it. <laughs> he goes about a foot into it and he goes up, oh, got it. He hit Chelsea, <laughs> hit the ball 40 yards. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So he hits his next day. He's on the left side of the first hole. He hits the next shot totally under the bush on the right side. I said, hey, Hitch, you want me to help you look like you sort of drop one? No, no. I got, oh, here it is. Got it. You know, yeah. and I'm like, there's no fucking way, right? <laughs> so, so then he hits a shot. He's a little short, hits it over the green. Back onto the green, three putts, goes, put me down for a bogey. Homer, Homer goes, are you out of your fucking mind? He goes, you hit the ball about 10 times, not to mention the 10 you lost, you know, like, but I will say this, he ended up, he damn near part every hole after that. Did he? But I, yeah, but I laughed because every, I'm like, hey, let me give you a hand hitch. No, young Derek, stay right there. I got it. Hope you guys weren't playing for money. No. Well, that's what Homer said. Thank God is it for money hitch. Cause you definitely don't know how to keep score, but uh, yeah, he was, he was funny. He was good. He was good to me. Yeah. You got a suspect swing, but he somehow gets it done. Hey, eh, Nast. Yeah. Yeah. He t- man, I'm telling you, he, he, he damn near part every hole after that. I'm not kidding. That impresses me. I, 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 I can't I, find I was... a par anywhere out there. <laughs> I've, I played yesterday and I only had a couple, man. I was terrible. But anyway, Shells, I got a, another question for you. This may be a stupid question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. So um, talking about back in the day when you were playing, not that it was that long ago, and you guys were saying, you know, there were a couple guys on each team. And not that you knew you were going to have to per se, but you knew if Riley skated up and goes, hey, let's, you want to go, you were probably not going to say no. Uh, right. But was there a time that you could think of where you were like fucking mad that you were like, I'm going to, I'm going to fight this guy. And I want to, you know, so any time where you got yourself to that point where oh, you're yeah. just so mad about something. Not, not in the NHL. I was in, um, I was in Portland in camp. Um, and Barry Trotz was a coach and they had this guy um, with Hampton roads named Ron magic. And he, uh, right off the face off, he, right outside the blue line, he jumped me and I wasn't ready. He jumped me 
And, um, you know, he started screaming after the fight. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I told the ref, I said, don't drop the puck yet. I went to the box. I got all my stuff back on. They didn't kick us out because I was like, no, we're doing this again. Got all my stuff on and I was livid. So uh, they waited for me to get all dressed again because he had ripped all my stuff off. I go back over and I whack him across the ankles and he's waiting for me. I go, now we're going. So then we went and I was yeah. so mad. There was no way that that was going to go the other way. Uh, but that's one of those training camps from 1998. You know what right. I mean? Where it's just like, yeah. they had a lot of guys and everyone was trying to show them, measure themselves. And, and I was like, no, no. And, and, you know, I don't know why I did that, but looking back, it was because I was so mad, but in the NHL, I never really, you know, it was such a, we, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Just take care of business and move on. Be thankful you didn't, uh, you know, get knocked out. You know, glad the other guy's okay and just yeah. play hockey. So I think that um, I don't think I ever really was mad. It was yeah. just weird. But <laughs> a couple guys, a couple guys have actually said that. I saw. I just, I just wondered. Yeah. But the magic saw, man, the magic man had it coming to him. Well, he was a tough dude. I just <laughs> was. I was, I was. Yeah, he was a big, strong guy. But I was just. Uh, he got me the first one, but I wasn't ready. But I made sure. We were going to fight fair, you know. <laughs> you got to. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I, I, I don't remember ever really fighting mad either. And then a couple of times I actually got mad and wanted to fight. I never really was able to get into, well, at least get the guy that I wanted. One was Sean Avery at one point. A couple other guys, Coletta, and a couple of guys I didn't ever end up fighting. But, you know, most of the time it's like, you know, like you, you think about like martial artists and, and, and like the, the mindset of a fighter, right? I mean, Usually you don't yeah. want to be angry, right? It's like because then you're emotionally fighting. <clears throat> That's when you make mistakes or you, you know, you do something yeah. you typically wouldn't. Um, but you know, in your case against that guy, it was probably the right, or maybe just the in the moment right thing to do. But you, you know, you don't yeah. want to make a habit of that, especially you're fighting 30, 35 times a year to be fighting angry. Right? No, because <laughs> you know that's there's hockey too. So like you know, yeah. we didn't just show up to fight. We had to like manage a shift and. You know, there was a lot more to it, so I don't think you had time to be overly yeah. mad. <laughs> right, yeah. right, yeah. right. You it's know. funny you describe the part of the role as managing a shift, where you know you grow up playing <laughs> hockey. It's like you know the goal is to is to carry the puck and make plays and score. Right goals. now you're at a pro at the pro level, and your job is to just manage the shift. Right, just don't make get sure, you get, right? <laughs> yeah. make sure yeah. you get it deep. Make sure you get it deep. <laughs> talk about the psychology behind that just don't get score on get it deep and and, and try and get a bang and then, yeah just to survive for the next shift pretty interesting dynamic yeah uh, i gotta ask you shells you probably don't remember this but i was in i was in a training camp with you in columbus 2003 i don't, I don't know if you remember this at all um no we were, we were this is my second year pro, going to my second year pro the second year, I kind of adopted the, the tough guy role, right? So I was doing everything the wrong way, you know, but partying, steroids, the whole bit. Anyways, I come into Columbus Blue Jackets training camp, all juiced up, just bigger, bigger than I ever should have been and not very functional. But I remember it was you, you and Sean Pronger in the change room and you, you made some like small talk with me and whatever. And then <laughs> Sean Pronger makes a comment like, 
like looking at me like, oh shit, like I want what Cote's on or something like that. And he <laughs> kind of laughed and it was kind of like, you know, it was kind of like, no, but not known because it was just so obvious. But it was, it was actually, yeah, <laughs> it, it was obvious. <laughs> it was really? pretty. Nate Kaiser was another guy that was there. And, uh, oh, yeah. Jay Reynolds, uh, you know, I think like three times in that, in that training camp there. I don't think we ever landed up playing against each other, but. It was it was it was kind of like etched in my memory because I just remember like you you sitting there and Sean Pronger is like totally calling me out on being on steroids, but uh, it was it was a pretty funny moment because I mean I was just like trying to survive and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was young. I was you know twenty one at the time, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't remember, remember that. GM? No, I I don't. I I we had like guys like Sean Legault. I was focused right, on yeah, like sure. I, you know what I mean. There were some tough guys there that year, and then. I remember, geez, I, I don't remember that exactly, but yeah. I remember fighting Legault and Pusher, who was a veteran guy, right. and yeah, Jamie, yeah, a couple yeah. other guys, and I know, I, I, for some reason, I don't remember that. You were yeah. big, though. I remember that. You were one big dude. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was not, the, not the right. GM called you in. Yeah, it was a couple, a couple days later, yeah, he called in, because I'd signed a, a contract with Syracuse, not with, not with Columbus, yeah. but, the, you know, it was Syracuse, but they called me in the office, and basically, well, they asked me directly to my face if I was on steroids, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, no. Uh, you know, I was taking a lot of supplements, lifting a lot of weights. You know, I'm a tough guy. Yeah, a lot of creatine. <laughs> but you know, like yeah, exactly. Moving like a battleship. But it was actually that training camp where it basically like it was an absolute wake up call. Like if I was actually had a chance of playing in the NHL, I couldn't do it that way. Like because I was in the Central Hockey League before, you know, the year before, which is like full of meatheads, full of juice. Right. You know, juiced out guys. You know, I mean, you're fighting in Johnstown. There probably fought yeah. forty times there. Just it was oh, nonstop. Yeah. So I didn't know, like you know being in junior hockey, I wasn't, I wasn't a fighter. Like I had maybe 20 fights in four years. Right. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So I just kind oh, of wow. learned to take that role on, um, once I turned pro, but wow. I thought juice and, you know, acting all, you know, tough and all that stuff. Like, you know, was, was the way, you know, but it really, you know, it was, it landed up hurting me and, you know, and I had to figure out how to be a little more functional and obviously not sacrifice my, my ability to skate and, you know, play the game too. So, but that was it. That was a wake up call. It was like, and then you were kind of part of it with Sean calling me out, and then the oh, general manager. Oh yeah. So, well, so, it's impressive yeah. you turned it around like that, you know, because I imagine it'd be hard to change your mindset and your body type and still be motivated. So that's pretty. That's really impressive. I mean, yeah, yeah. It was a lot of self exploring, and yeah, man, just you know, just landed up stop you know lifting as much weights and just doing more functional stuff you know what i mean and i landed up you know when i got to the phantoms you know basically hiring slava skating coach and just becoming trying to become more of a hockey player right because i was so consumed yeah. by the role as you as you know right you become consumed by it yeah. i just didn't know how to like create boundaries around you know where do i stop being a tough guy and, and start being a hockey player that was my challenge for, for me personally right interesting psychology really Right. Love playing then, hockey. <laughs> right. We all love playing. We're all hockey players, right? Yeah. But right, if you can find a role to get your foot in the door, I mean, that's really how we become what we, we did as 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 guys that were mainly fighters. And that's that was our opportunity. That was our vehicle. So you took it to max one way and figured out that hey, that's this is not exact this is too far one way, right? Yep. So then you meet it down the middle. I think we all went through that process in our own way. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how it how it plays out and how guy you know it's it, again it's it's a it's it's not a normal role right I mean and, no. and, and you and for some guys they do it in junior hockey they kind of learn about it when they're young 
But um, yeah, it's a, you have to find yourself in it because it consumes you, right? I mean, that's why you see a lot oh, of guys yeah. go, you know, go dark with it, and um, because it's you, you know you're taking on a role bigger than yourself, and then you have to learn how to manage that, right? And the exactly. and the anxiety around it, and the energy around it, it's not it's not an easy thing to do. Most people, no, it's not. Things. And then your expectations are one thing, but outside expectations are another, and that, I think that's where you get lost a little bit. Yeah, that's good. No, that's, a, that's the truth. I, I saw uh, Shelsey he, in Johnstown there, 36 games, 256 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> boys, boys on the other side must have been looking at the stat sheets going, holy fuck. Hey, we were the Chiefs, baby. The yeah, Johnstown yeah, Chiefs. Right. We watched that video. We watched that movie every single road trip, and we were the Chiefs. <laughs> we knew what we uh, what responsibility we, we had. My, I have, Shells, I have pictures. My dad played against the, uh, the two twins. Oh, really? And they wore the glasses. I have no way. pictures. I swear to God, I have pictures. My old man, well, you know, he's five foot four. Yeah. Uh, about five, six, but he was actually thin then, but he's in that. And that looks like it does what Elvis is in it. My Elvis, not your Elvis. Yeah. Your Elvis. Uh, and uh, Sudgy's in that. And they're both in front of the net with the, the goggles on. No tape on them, but they got the glasses on play. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I guess you guys were the Chiefs. We were the Chiefs. The organ is still there at the War Memorial. Wow. Up in the rafters. Amazing. Quite the yeah. building there, man. <laughs> yeah, it's quite. They, they've updated it since Hockeyville uh, went in there. Uh, the NHL redid the building a little bit, did a nice job in Johnstown. Yeah. I think they have an, an NH, uh, NAHL team now there. Oh, they do? So, oh, okay. Yeah. I still yeah. got the steep drop-off, the, 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 the four-foot plunger oh, yeah. on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a step down lunge. (laughs) I was always hoping that the tough guy for the other guy, other team would sprain his ankle (laughs) on the way up. (laughs) Right. Oh man, that was dangerous. It was some serious liability. It would get you if you weren't ready for it. (laughs) Anybody that had skate guards on would have definitely blown a wheel. Uh, Oh yeah. No joke. But you got you collected a few a uh, few records in your in your time uh, yeah. all time PIM record in, in Halifax the Mooseheads single season record in Syracuse single game PIM record in San Jose I mean yeah you did it right man you know you, you own you owned the role I mean you, you, you I did you talk yeah. about embodying something you embodied it there's no question I maxed it out you know I rode that all, as far as I could and and that 41 penalty minutes someone asked me about the other day um. Cause I'm coaching 12 and 13 year old kid boys and girls. And it's like, <laughs> you know, you try to ask them not to retaliate or stay out of the box. And then they're like, Oh, really? They're Googling now. Yeah, yeah, they know it. So I don't say much, but um, I think I, it was Steve Ott had fought uh, Joe Thornton and I was really upset. And you can't, you can't fight Joe Thornton. So All right. uh, next time Steve Ott was on the ice, I said to Todd McClellan, I said, I'm going, he goes, what? I said, I'm going, see ya. I jump over the boards. Uh, so I think I got 10 for getting on the ice, like going right at him. Uh, 10 for misconduct, two minutes for instigating, and a five-minute major. And I think they threw in another 10. I think it was 41 penalty minutes, which, yeah. you know, there's only a 60-minute game. So that, I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> But I had to send the message, hey, don't fight yeah. Joe Thornton. Yeah, right. It's a good night at the office. Forty-one pims. Yeah, you'd be like feeling pretty good the next morning. Walking around the ring. <laughs> yeah, they must have just started giving me tens when they were writing it down. I give him another ten. I throw another ten on there. Make <laughs> yeah, sure it doesn't come back. 
<laughs> that was like the old Dennis Bonvie, man. He, if he didn't, if he didn't collect, you know, a fighting major or a ten during the game, he'd make sure he'd go on the ice and, and tell the ref oh, yeah. off the last ten minutes of the game and get a ten minute risk on it. Just oh like, really? Had the pims. Oh yeah, he was he was the master at it. Bones, uh, man. Fucking Bones. I, I remember when he was in Scranton. <laughs> well, and Hershey, and he played with the Phantoms. But every time, once I got to know him, he would he'd come down shells and he'd be like. Ah, fuck! I'm tired. Fuck! I'm like, uh, yeah, tough night last night. Yeah, I just don't want to do it tonight. Hands are hurting. Fucking puck drops here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. The legend. Oh, oh right. God, I love that guy. He had to be the guy with the most fights in the world during his. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure, right? Man. There's no one Always in the world fun. who fought as much as that. No, he was 38 years old and still fighting 30 times yeah. a year. He would never yeah. say no. He would never Crazy. say no. Oh, it was incredible. Uh, I got to ask you about your incident uh, with, with Sean Avery. I think it was in 2008. Um, I'm not exactly sure what would happen, but were you guys squirting water or Gatorade at each other? Oh, I saw that on YouTube. I don't even remember that. I no, don't even hey? remember that. But Sean, you know, when you play against Sean, he's always got an answer. I tried to steer clear of any arguments with him because he's just <laughs> so quick. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I, I didn't, I don't remember what it was. I, I probably said something smart and he started doing, I think he's, did I squirt at him or him squirt at me? I don't remember, but uh, maybe I squirted at him. Yeah. Instead of using words, you know? Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Take it to the next, Take it to the next level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's one of those guys that I remember trying to get at, especially early uh, when I first, you know, first cracked the lineup with the Flyers. I just could never. Could never quite get to him, you know. Colton Orr would step in the way, and I'd be like, "All right, yeah. you're gonna fight Orzy," and you know, and, and yeah. Avery's calling me a juice monkey, whatever the hell he's calling me, and all that stuff. But just, he was the one, one of the few guys that I wanted to get a hold of, but just never did. Yeah, no, he was good in his role. He knew how to get. He he could rattle people, and playing with him with the Rangers, I mean, to hear some of the stuff he'd say to guys, and and you know what he knew, I was like, whoa. And there was a couple <laughs> times I just had to move away from him because he was. <laughs> He was crossing the line. He, like, no, guys were just, I mean, he was, it was, you know, he was embarrassing. They were, they were getting rattled. Yeah. They uh, were getting rattled. So. Oh, yeah. He was good at it. Yeah, hey, he definitely was. I've got something to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, guys, I got something to say. Yeah, right. Oh, man. That's crazy. Right on. Well, you got to, you did, uh, you had a similar incident here with us when Briz did that on the outdoor game where he comes out of the shower and he did the same thing. Oh, I'd like to say something. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah. said, he said, talking about, he's got uh, a yeah. uh, blanket or something because he wasn't playing that night. And, uh, yeah, that's right. He was going to drink the tea. <laughs> yeah, dog, drink the my tea. dog's having a dream over here. <laughs> um, yeah. He was going to drink the tea and sit in his warm jacket. And I sat right next to him. <laughs> but I didn't have a press conference about it. I was going to say you didn't have a press conference. Yeah, right. Oh, right on, Shells. Well, yeah. we appreciate you hopping on. My pleasure. Keeping on over an hour here, yeah. man. And uh, got some stuff to do, get prepped for the season. Yeah. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys having me on. I mean, this is uh, great to catch up. I'm glad to see you guys are doing this and, you know, doing a good job of it. So thanks, thanks for having me as a guest. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. Appreciate it so much, man. Be well. If I can help you guys, let me know. Oh, for sure. We will, man. Thanks, man. How's the yoga? Yoga's great, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah doing so a little teaching. Hard. I mean, it's, it's kind of just like uh, more just, um, I don't know, it's like a passion. Good for you. You know, I, I practice it and there's like something interesting about teaching because you talk about being present. You talk about being flow, man. 
you cannot you cannot be not concentrated teaching yoga. Uh. You can you can hide it. You can lay in the weeds when you're practicing because your mind can you know right. wander or whatever else. But when you're when you're teaching, man, you got to be in the zone because you know as soon as you drift, if you drift off, you, you're losing cues and you're losing people. People are literally following oh, yeah. your cues to their nervous system, and it's no it joke. Didn't, so. It didn't. Uh, but yeah, it didn't uh, work out well in ball hockey though. Shells. I was asking where that yoga was coming in because my man. Yeah, how was it? He was hurting. It was actually a great weekend. It was great. We we couldn't believe the turnout. It was it was Good. awesome. But we were both hurting, Pops, because we ended up shorthanded. Oh. Four on four, full ice lake, but on the court. And we had one running. sub. We had one sub in the final. And we lost in, in overtime. We, all, we almost oh. we actually But lost. no one got hurt? Well, we haven't ran. I hadn't ran like we, that. I don't even think I ever ran like that as a professional no. hockey player that much uh, running. You know what I mean? Like, you're talking about tax. My knees are still was it hot inflamed from it. Uh, it was it was it was warm, but it, it was actually it was a breeze. It was, it was actually a perfect day for it. Yeah, day, yeah. But yeah, good. Uh, any hotter would have been fucking destructive. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we we were sick. actually it was no joke, man. We never want to lose in anything, but they scored with a minute to go. We would have gone to a shootout. They scored with under a minute to go on a deflection, and I was almost just relieved. Yeah. We were we were gonna have to play again yeah, with five guys. And just, <laughs> it it would have been worth it to play in the final. Uh, so. I couldn't have played another game. Good. Uh, but well, anyway, good seeing you guys. Yeah, cool, man. Thanks Be so well. much. Yeah, man. Good luck with everything. All right. Thanks, guys. See you soon. See you, buddy. That episode was brought to you by SettleMyerSkateSharpening.com. For all your hockey needs, the best grind in town. And Toby Sticks, he's got the steel. Oui. Check him out at SettleMyerSkateSharpening.com and Body Check Wellness. For all your CBD and functional mushroom needs, take the stress off, sleep better, feel better, bodycheckwellness.com. And a big thanks to our man, Jody Shelley. Yes. For hopping on episode 41 here. Love he's a, that guy. Yeah, he's a Love that guy. He's a solid dude, and man, what a warrior. You know, there's, there's not oh, too many guys you can God. think about that played the game that were as a uh, were as uh, as tough as he was, but as as much of a gamer. I mean, you, know, you think of like Chief and him, and maybe yeah. a couple other guys that come to mind as far as gamers every night. And he was one of them. He the was last a gladiators. Tough, tough man. Tough, yeah. tough man. And a great guy, great locker room guy. Yeah, it's a, he's it, you guys are were always my favorite because just the talking, the talking, the talking. You know, like <clears throat> sometimes benches get stale. I like you know, like guys know that. But like Jody, even if he wasn't getting a ton of ice time, which he was with Torts, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, we right. talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, <clears throat> I'm sure he was still talking anyway. But he was always great to have. One, he's he was obviously very well respected as in his role, and uh, but he just always talked if something was going on and someone wasn't uh, behaving themselves. You know, he he always had something to say. You know, just like you and and a lot of guys that did your guy that had your guys' role. Um, but he was, he was such a, he was a fun guy. He was a fun guy to go to dinner with. He was always really good to the staff. Um, just, uh, got to have, there were nights where, you know, he knew maybe he wasn't in the next day. So we were able to let loose a little bit, you know, um, but a very, very, very professional, just a great pro always took care of himself was always doing extra in the weight room and stuff. This, I just remember, uh, seeing him do stuff after practice when, you know, everybody else is, you know, probably going to play a lot more than he was. 
Um, yeah. But he was always doing that extra stuff, and he was just a true pro and a, and just an absolute, like you said, warrior, man. Wow. Yeah, you know, and, and for him to be able to play as long as he did the way he did, you know, he, he had to take care of himself. And, you know, just listening to him talk about his stint there in New York and just, like, little things in life, right? He's just, like, enjoying, you know, the moment, which yeah. is, I mean, seems like a pretty simple concept. It's hard to do. Um, it fact, is. And the fact that he took that opportunity and, and converted it into three more years, you know, with the Flyers and and all that good stuff but you know testament to him because he's got the right attitude obviously being a tv personality and you know having the energy to do what he does now i mean he yeah. he's you know, really he knows the game too. he's engaged yeah. yeah he gets it um does, and does communicates well so yeah he's, appreciate uh, him hopping on man he was uh, it was nice to see him i haven't well, actually i saw him at the flyers alumni uh, game there not too long ago and golf oh yeah that's but, right uh, yeah I, I hadn't seen him for a while um so it was nice to see him again and glad he's doing yeah. well He's uh, he does a hell of a job on on TV uh, as well. So yeah, he does. He's carved out yeah, a nice little uh, little gig for himself, but he, he you know he deserves it because he's he's really good at it. So happy happy to get to talk to him. Happy to see him, and hopefully we'll be able to see him this year when when the Blue Jackets come to town with our buddy Jake Voracek. Yeah, no doubt. Looking forward to that. And that's a wrap. Episode forty one in the books. Check us out next oh. week. For episode 42. 42. Stay safe, knuckleheads. See you, knuckleheads. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.